Uh, but today I want to continue a theme on what it means to be Pentecostal in that sense. And though it's not my scripture for today, the essence of being Pentecostal is when God spoke to, Spirit of God spoke to Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter 4, and whatever he's doing, his project, he says, listen, Zerubbabel, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says a lot of us. Whatever you're doing, doesn't matter how gifted, how talented, how intelligent you are, you're limited. And God says, any work of God, anything that I'm about, it doesn't need your sure ability. It needs the power of the Spirit of God. It's not by your might, not by your intellect, not by your power, not by anything you've done. But it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. And that is, that's the essence of what it means to be Pentecostal. But today, uh, there's a clue in the song there. But I'm going to read from Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to read the whole chapter, then make some comments on it, once I've found it. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which should go up. The Lord took hold of me, Ezekiel was speaking, obviously, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone, our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then it will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. If you're in any church or any kind of Pentecostal church, I've heard this so many ways in the context, it's uh, to the nation of Israel, but it's not just for us. It can be applied prophetically to us, to the church of God in the New Testament, for the people of God in the New Testament. And the context is that Israel is under Babylonian captivity at the time. And God says, Son of Man, speaking to Ezekiel, and he gives them a vision of this valley. And he says, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, 
They are saying, in verse 11 was the context for what I'm going to say, people of Israel are saying, we've become all dry bones, all hope is gone, our nation is finished. We're doomed, Captain Mannering, whatever way you want to put it on, we're in a bad way, we're not what we used to be. We used to be a great army, we used to be a great nation, but we're doomed, we're finished as a nation, we're in a desolate, dead place. You know, we're in captivity. And last week, if you're here, Kathy preached a great word, and she quoted Matthew Henry's commentary. I don't know if you were here last week, so I thought, oh, I need to up my game. So, Joseph Benson's commentary says, a nation carried into captivity ceases to be a nation. It says, we're not what we were, we're not that nation we used to be. But God gives Ezekiel a vision of what can be. He says, Ezekiel, prophesy. Listen, if we're Pentecostal people, we need to prophesy the Word of God. We need to speak life. We need to speak prophetically over our lives, over our families, over our church, over our nation, over our world. Now, I recognize in Pentecostal circles, prophecy can be abused. I've seen it abused where people use it to say their own thing and do what they want and speak, and it can be abused and needs to be guards against that. But that doesn't demean the fact that prophecy is real, and it doesn't take away the fact that we should be prophetic and speak prophetically, but we need to be careful not to speak our word, but to speak his word. And three things here that will be quick, I can assure you. First of all, we need instruction, which is direction from God. Note, he was led by the Spirit. He was directed, he was guided by the Spirit. No, in truth, uh, that's not being Pentecostal. That has been a follower of Jesus Christ. That has been someone who, who's a Christian who loves Jesus. It's not specifically Pentecostal because Romans 8, 14 says, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Our identity is being a child of God. Our identity has not been Pentecostal. It's not been spirit people. Our identity has been children of a loving God. But by practice, we're people who follow the leading and the guiding and empowering of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be the guidance, we need the instruction, the direction from God. We need to develop a sensitivity to His voice, to His direction, by reading His Word, by spending time with Him, by those nudges and, that we get in as our prompts from the Spirit of God to go somewhere, do something, say something. We need to develop that sensitivity. But as Pentecostals, more than empty, we need to be those who are led by the Spirit. We need to hear what God is saying. We need the instruction for God to direct us and lead us. You know, what is interesting here. It was led into a difficult scenario. It was led by the Spirit here into a, a scene which is not great. We love the rah, rah, rah. We speak life and faith, and that is great and it's wonderful. But sometimes you think it's Pentecostal. We speak life and power, but we don't get into a difficult situation. The Spirit led him to a place of desolation and defeat. In Luke chapter 4, we read that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness or into the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit into an incredibly difficult place. But being Pentecostal doesn't mean that we, everything's rosy in the garden all the time. But it doesn't mean we're defeated either, because even in difficult places, it means we can have victory. See, Jesus was led into the wilderness full of the Spirit. He was led in the wilderness full of the Spirit. And he was led out of the wilderness full of the Spirit. So whatever situation you're in, you can be led and guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit. But today, getting a long way to come to verse 3 was the key verse that struck out to me as I read this version. The dry bones are scattered everywhere in a valley. Then he asked me, 
Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Can they come back to life? Can they live again? And again, jumped out at me. And the title of my message is quite simple. It's again. If you can't read it, then you've got worse eyesight than me if you can't read it. Because even I can read it up there. Again. You know, God asked him a question. Can these bones come alive again? And Ezekiel is incredibly clever with his answer. It says, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that one. You've ever heard the expression, don't ask a question unless you know the answer to it. No, God's the only one who can really follow that through fully. He's the only one. It doesn't matter whatever question he asks, he already knows the answer. Sometimes we ask questions, but we know the answers. Other times we don't. We ask questions to get the answer. But Ezekiel says, I don't know. But just picture Ezekiel here. It's a picture of devastation. It's a picture of defeat and despair. An army, a nation which is just dry bones in a valley. Dead, dry bones living in a valley. But Ezekiel's in the place where he says, listen, it looks devastation, but if God's over this, if God's in this, maybe, 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 just maybe, maybe, and you sense a stirring within him. Lord, you've not brought me here for nothing. It looks terrible. And in my natural, it doesn't look good here, God. But listen, if you're all over this, you can feel a, could it happen? God, you're asking a question. You already know the answer. You're not asking a question for nothing. Is it, is it possible? Is it possible as I look over this devastation? Is it possible that something might happen? That something can stir within me? That something can change in our nation, in our world? Could it be, God, that you're asking this because there's something about to happen? Can these bones live again? I know they used to live, and I don't know. And I don't see how it's going to happen, Ezekiel was thinking. I don't know. I can't imagine how this is going to happen. It looks terrible. It's hopeless. We're terrible. We're in a bad place. We don't know where we've been. But God, if you're speaking to me and you're asking me this question, there's something within me that says, maybe I've got an again in me. Maybe we've got an again in us. Maybe as a nation, we've got an again and as I want to tell you, being in Pentecostal means we believe in us again in God. We believe in us again in God. God, you've revived our nation before. But you know what? There's something in me that believes there's an again coming. There's an again that you're going to revive us again. Maybe there's something in you. My kids used to walk with God, but they're not walking anymore. But you know what? Being Pentecostal means we believe there's again coming. There's an again coming. You know, God, you've used me in the past, and I don't seem to be used the way I was. But I want to tell you this morning, being Pentecostal means us on again coming into your life. Lord, maybe you have messed up. Maybe you've just uh, given away everything that God has given you. Maybe your fault and you've not been used. But I want to tell you, there's an again coming into you. There's an again and being Pentecostal means we believe there is again. Maybe you're looking at your world just now and there's only mountains ahead of you. But you know what? I've seen you move. I've seen you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again. You've made a way where there is no way and I believe I'll see you do it again. We need to be people who believe in the again. Can these bones live again? And Ezekiel begins to stir and say, yeah, I believe they can. And he says, Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to the bones. We call out to dry bones, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive. Being Pentecostal, we believe in the prophetic and the power of the prophetic. 
And we do what he asks us to do. We're instructed and do what he does. We don't speak our fancy what we want to happen, wishful thinking. We prophetically speak the word of God over dry bones. Listen to the word of Lord. I'm going to put breath into you. I'm going to make you live again. And I'm going to put breath into you. The I am says I will. And if the I am says I will, then you better believe that he will. He will. The I am says I will. Listen, we need to speak prophetic words of life. You know, God spoke, the world were created. Jesus spoke, sicknesses were healed. We need to speak the life. You know, it's Pentecostals and people of the Spirit, we don't just believe in instruction, the direction of God. We need the impartation. We need the power of God. We need the power of God. And I love verse 7, it says, Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together, and attach themselves as complete skeletons. You know, as Pentecostals, we need to believe in the suddenness of God. We believe in an impact, an impartation, an impart. Yes, there are times there's character that God is developing in us, which takes time. There's times that God wants to do something in us before he does it for us and does it through us. There are times when it seems God takes forever to do things suddenly. But no, but as Pentecostals, we still believe in the suddenness of God. We believe in the impacts of the suddenness of God. We believe God can do things, and he can do it suddenly. There was a woman who had a bleeding issue for 12 years. She touched God, and suddenly she was healed. Lazarus was in a grave, and Jesus spoke his name, and suddenly death came to life. Death came to life. In Acts chapter 9, Saul's going about in a mission to persecute and destroy Christians, and suddenly there was a light flash from heaven, and it transformed his life. David says, I've got enemies, you know what, but the Lord's going to shoot them suddenly with his arrows and bring victory into me. In Acts 2, when the disciples were in despair, it says, suddenly there was a noise, a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind, and the power of God filled the place suddenly, and things changed forever. Paul and Silas were in prison once and were praising God at midnight. And the Bible says that suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken. Its foundations and doors were broken. The doors flew open immediately and the chains of every prisoner fell off. No, God does things suddenly at times. You know, when Jesus was born, there was a bunch of shepherds just going about the night shift. You know what happened? It says that suddenly the Lord appeared, the angel of the Lord appeared, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around about. Do you know what I believe? I believe that suddenly it's all over our nation, that the radiance of God's glory can suddenly appear as we are working in night shift, as we are at schools, as we are at colleges, as we are all over the place, whatever we are doing. I believe suddenly God can bring and shine his glory and radiate his glory in our nation and in our workplace and in our families, and things can change. I believe it. We need instruction, the direction of God. We need impartation, the power of God. And at all, we need inspiration. We need the life of God. We need the breath of God. See, the body came together and it attached themselves. God's purpose is always for the body to be together. Just a side issue, it's to connect with other people. We need the body to connect. But here in this picture, there were just bones that were connected. But there was no life. And it says, speak a prophetic message. Come, O breath. Breathe into these dead bodies. We need the breath of God to blow. 
in our world. There's an old, old song that says, Breathe on me, breath of God. Remember that, some of you? Fill me with life in you. Breathe on me, breath of God. No, as Pentecostals, what we need is the breath of God to come and breathe on us again. We need that breath of God. You know, in Genesis 2 and 7, there's an incredible verse. It says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into him, his nostrils, and man became a living person. That's wow. God just breathed into man and he came alive. I love what the NLT says in Psalm 33, verse 6. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. How incredible is our God? But then it says, he breathed the word and all the stars were born. How about, imagine just breathing the word and stars, billions of stars appear. He just breathed. How much power is in the breath of God? He breathed the word of God. See, it wasn't just the word, but there's a life that came to the word. The word in itself can be dead unless there's a breath of God that comes on the word. No, that's why the word of God in Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, corrects us when we're wrong, it teaches us to do what's right. Some version says, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is breathed out by God. We need the breath of God to come and speak on His Word and breathe and breathe. Now Job said this, the Spirit of God made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. And then he started singing, it's your breath in our lungs. Oh, he didn't he? Hadn't been written yet. But he poured out his praise because he recognized, you know, what makes a difference in my life is it's the breath of God. It's the breath of God on my life. But God came to Ezekiel. I'm coming back to where I started. Son of man. Can these bones become living people again? Can these bones live again? He says, speak a prophetic message to the ones. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. I want to ask you today, what is your again today? What is your again today? As Pentecostals, we believe in being led by the Spirit. Not our clever ideas, not our thoughts, not our imaginations. We believe in the instruction that God gives us in hearing His voice. We believe in speaking the prophetic power of God's Word. We believe in the suddenness of God. We believe in the need of the breath of God to come and blow life into our situations. But today, I want to say I believe in the again of God. I believe we've got an again God. I believe we've got a God who's a God of again. What's your again today? I want us to stand. And I want us to speak prophetically into our nation, into our families, into our world, into our church, 
into our ministry. I want us to speak the Word of God. What is your valley? He was in a valley. Know that song that Alison sung? says, so with the faith you've given us, we'll step into the valley unafraid. Ezekiel was shown a valley, a valley of devastation and defeat and dead bones and, and just devastation, defeat, what was. He was shown a, a glimpse of what was now compared with what was. But then as we, as we call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive. Up out of the ashes, let us see an army rise. And then we sang before, there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up to break every chain. Ezekiel, speak prophetically. Speak, speak, Lord, breathe, O oh God. Breathe, O oh God. Father God, breathe in our nation again. Breathe into dead bones again. Lord, we speak into our agains, Father God. Whatever our again is, dear. Father God, we pray for the breath of God to come. Father, Lord, we speak life. We speak your word of restoration, of renewal, of revival. Father God, today as a people, thank you, Father God, that you've shown us a picture, not of the devastation, but of the potential of what can be. Father God, let dry bones come alive. Let dead bones come alive. Let dead ministries, let dead people, let prodigals return. Let our nation come alive to the things of God. Father, let your wind blow afresh. Breathe, O Spirit of God. Let the breath of God fill our hearts, fill our lives, fill our nations, fill our churches, Father God. Today, with the faith you've given us, we step into the valley and we call out to dry bones. Come alive. Hallelujah.